The Script Teasers Podcast, where you get bite-sized screenwriting theory from the best in the business. Welcome to Script Teasers, a podcast that is designed to help you create an original narrative series. In this episode, we will analyse the key elements you need to write a dramatic scene that delivers a powerful punch. Hi, my name is Holly Lyons, founder of Screenwriting Scripties, and I will be your narrative expert. Do you aspire for your writing to provoke a reaction from your viewers? The first step is understanding exactly what you need to include. You need a structural shape, you need to undercut the audience's expectations, and you need a killer cliffhanger that keeps the viewers hanging on the edge of their seats. And most importantly, encouraging them to click next. Just like the audience at the theatre who call for an encore, what will make your audience beg for more? First, let's refresh our knowledge of the fundamentals. A scene is set in one location and it must drive the story forward. My belief is it should be two pages max, maybe three if it's a meaty piece of delicious drama. So what can you achieve in only two pages of screen time? An awful lot, script teasers! Whether you're writing a feature, a television show or a web series, every scene must include these essential elements. A beginning, middle and an end. Basically, each scene must have its own structural shape. At least one twist moment, or a moment that undercuts the audience's expectations. The more switch moments or twists within the scene, the better. Whatever show you watch tonight, count how many twist moments are in just one scene. Your scene needs to raise a dramatic question. You need a cliffhanger ending to keep viewers watching the next scene. You also need a punchy out. For example, a common mistake emerging writers make at the end of their scenes is for characters to announce where they're going to be next. I'm just going to the diner now, but I'll be back here on the beach in time for the first commercial break. Make sure your end of scene is punchy and has impact. Some writers call this a button moment. Let's talk about scene structure in more detail. Think of every scene you write as a mini story. Use the three-act structure model to make sure your scene has a beginning, middle and an end. If you are writing drama, your scene needs to change your protagonist. What do they learn in the scene? What's the new information they have? Even if they only change a fraction of an inch within the scene, viewers need to see some change. We need to see what impact the event or situation has had on the character. Make sure every scene moves the story forward. Drama, choose up story. Does every scene move the story forward? If it doesn't, cut it. It's wasted airtime. It's also essential to include a switch moment in every scene. In fact, the more switch moments, the more interesting the scene becomes. Is there a moment in your scene that undercuts the audience's expectations? A moment where the direction you thought the scene was moving in changes? Listen to this scene from The Politician from Netflix. There are several moments where our expectations change within the scene. We need to break up. You said you wouldn't judge me. Not really break up. We need to pretend to break up in order for you to win the election. Right now, you and Astrid are splitting the sympathy vote. I am going to confess that I cheated on you. It'll be a scandal. You will dump me, and everyone will feel sorry for you. I've cleared it with McAfee and James. They think it could gain you six to nine points, depending on how magnanimous you are about the whole thing. But everyone will hate you. I love you. This is what love looks like, Peyton. This is what sacrifice looks like. This is what it takes to change the world. I am your first lady today and always. But there are rules. 
Rules? We will break up long enough for you to win and for no one to suspect duplicity on our parts. You will post photos of Big Sur, the truffle french fries at Hoagie's Diner on Route 14, and cute dogs on your Instagram at least once a day with captions like, wish I was here, and yummy, and heart emoji. When you do so, I will know you are thinking of me. A secret code, I love it. And most importantly, when you pass me in the hall, you will not pay me any mind. But as soon as we're past each other, you will turn and look back. I need you to do this for me or I won't be able to survive. Do you agree to these terms? You are the best thing that will ever happen to me. Yes. I agree. Let's move on to fish course. You have to make sure that your protagonist's story goal is clear in every scene. Look at this scene from Black Mirror where the protagonist has a very simple goal. There is so much dramatic tension in the scene as she must be polite to get what she wants. Also, as you listen, look out for the beginning, middle and end and the switch moment. Hi there, how are you doing? I am wonderful. <laughs> I am so sorry, that flight is cancelled. No, no. Customer incident at the other end. What? So when is the next flight? Yeah, they're all kind of full. Uh, I booked this weeks ago. It's my best friend's wedding. I'm sorry. I have to get there. I have to. Okay, let's see what we can do. Oh, thank you. I see there's one standby seat on another plane leaving tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, that's reserved for members of our prime flight program. You got to be a 4.2 or over to qualify. Oh, I'm, I'm a 4.2. <laughs> I'm afraid you're actually a 4.183. Oh, well, that's not my fault. Um, some woman dinged me down in the couch. Can't you just... I'm sorry, it won't let me book it without the correct ranking. But it's so close. There's just nothing I can do. Christ, I mean, surely. I'm gonna have to ask you to moderate your language then. Sorry, it's just... I'm maid of honor. I cannot miss this wedding. And I am so sorry about that. Can you call the supervisor? I cannot do that. Can you just call the supervisor? I cannot do that. Call the fucking supervisor. Okay, that's profanity. We're zero tolerance on profanity. I'm sorry, it's just... Yeah, I have to serve the next customer. No, 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 no. No, 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 step no, no, away, no. ma'am. God, just fucking help me! I've called security. Oh, oh, no, 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 please don't do that. Um, I'm, I'm a five-star in you. Five-stars? What's the issue here, Hannah? Intimidation and profanity. Oh, no, 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 I was not intimidating. Don't speak, ma'am. I was just trying ma'am? to... Okay, so... In order to restore calm, I'm invoking my authority as airport security to dock you one full ranking point as a punitive measure. This is a temporary measure. No! The score reverts to normal in 24 hours. No, 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 but During I need it now! Period, all down votes are subject to a times two multiplier. Times two? We recommend you avoid negative feedback at this time. I'm on double damage. Please, remove yourself from the airport immediately. Escalations in your scenes. In both comedy and drama, it's important to escalate the action. Listen to how many escalations are achieved in only 60 seconds of drama from this episode of Friends. Okay, buddy boy, here it is. You hide my clothes, I'm wearing everything you own. Oh my God! That is so not the opposite of taking somebody's underwear. Look at me, I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? Maybe if I wasn't going... Commando. Yeah. 
I'll tell you, it's hot with all this stuff on. I, uh, I better not do any, I don't know, lunges. Okay, okay, enough, enough with the lunging. No, I'm sick of this, okay? I've had it up to here with you two. Neither of you can come to the party. Jeez, what a baby. In under 60 seconds, there are five or six escalations between Joey and Chandler. It's one of my favourite scenes. Cliffhangers are so important. The main drive of television is to have a cliffhanger at the end of every scene so the viewers want to come back for more. Do your scenes end with a killer hook? If your protagonist has a clear, specific goal, for example, to get the guy to cheat on their exam, this helps focus every scene. Their goal should drive every scene. Listen to this scene from Bridgerton where Daphne's goal is crystal clear. You should not have lost your temper with your bad work. You should know something about me, Miss Bridgerton. I will not tolerate a bully. And you should know something about me, Your Grace. I will not have this go wrong. You mean our ruse? It's more than a ruse now. It is more than a negotiation. This is not just about finding the best match to impress Lady Whistledown, or the Queen, or any member of the town. This is about a life, Your Grace. My life. I must finally take charge of it. I cannot afford to do otherwise. So I shall not have this go wrong. And if you are not in agreement, then you should tell me now. I shall agree, on one condition. You do not understand, Your Grace. That you call me Simon. If we are truly to seem to be courted, if this is to be a match like no other, then you should call me by my name. Very well. Simon. <laughs> is there something funny about my name? No, no. No. It is perfectly fine. Oh, perfectly fine. <laughs> Very well. Daphne. So on top of demonstrating your character's goal, it's even better if each scene has a second layer and you shine a light on your character. Yes, your scene definitely needs to move the story forward, but if it can also achieve this second or third dramatic layer, you should be proud. You can shine a light on your character's flaw, highlight a strength, hint at a troubling backstory. Maybe you want to provoke a reaction from your viewers, make them laugh or cry. Just don't halt the story. Let's listen to this very interesting scene from Bojack. Tori Spelling is not here, as, as I already explained. Tori Spelling's ghostwriter is here. This is a ghostwriter convention. How do you not? <clears throat> okay, next question. Uh, yeah, this is for the whole panel. What's your favorite kind of ghost to write for? What? No, they don't write for ghosts. That's not... Oh, why did I think this would be a good idea? Does anyone have an actual question for someone on this panel? An actual question or a gun so I can shoot myself? Yeah, I got a question. Oh, thank God. My question is for Diane. Look, I'm sorry about all the stuff I said about you earlier. We can publish the book you wrote. You're obviously a better writer than I am, and, and I don't actually even really care what the world thinks about me anymore. I just hated reading that book because I hated feeling like that's how you saw me. Because I guess you know me better than anybody, and if you think that... Um, I, I guess my question is, do you, do you think it's too late for me? What? I mean, am, am I just doomed to be the person that I am? The, the person in that book? I mean, it's not too late for me, is it? It's, it's not too late 
Diane, I need you to tell me that it's not too late. Bojack, I... I, I... I need you to tell me that I'm a good person. I know that I can be selfish and narcissistic and self-destructive, but underneath all that, deep down, I'm a good person, and I need you to tell me that I'm good. Diane, tell me, please, Diane, tell me that I'm good. Hey, aren't you the horse from horsing around? Here, we learn a lot about Bojack's state of mind. He's filled with self-doubt and insecurity. This scene moves the story forward and it shines a light on our character. It also speaks to the premise of the series, which explores mental health and depression in a sensitive and entertaining way. I really love the scenes which manage to speak to the premise of the series. Glow does this constantly with nearly every scene, including subtext about sexism and the role of women in the 70s. This is the heart of the GLOW premise. Can you think of any dramas where the premise or theme is often emphasised in short and snappy scenes? Next, you need to ask yourself, does the scene earn its place? Hopefully, people are going to spend money, effort and energy shooting your scene. A crew of at least 10 will shoot it. Post-production will work on it. Actors will have to learn their lines. So make sure every scene is worth it. Listen from this very powerful scene from the Netflix show Unbelievable. I found some inconsistencies in your statements and those of other witnesses. I, I don't know anything about that. How about you walk me through it again? Tell me exactly how the assault happened. Again? One more time, yes. Okay, I was in bed, asleep. Ray, I'd like to back up a little and talk about what came before all this. DCFS shared your file with us. Why? We wanted to get a clear picture of who you are beyond this assault uh, as a person. Oh. You've been through a lot. You're a real survivor, aren't you? No dad, uh, unreliable mom with not-so-nice boyfriends, then foster care, which wasn't always much better, I'm sure. Sometimes, sometimes it was, it was good. My point is, You've made it through some very difficult stuff. I don't really like to think about that. I just try to be as happy as I can be and as happy as possible, so... Sure, I get that. So help us out. There are inconsistencies in your story. I mean, the dialing alone, we have four different versions. Tied, untied, with your hands, with your toes. I, I dialed with my hands. And why'd you tell Connor you used your toes? I don't... Maybe I did. You just told us you didn't. Well, it's... What? I don't... It's, it's confusing. For us, too. And we're not the only ones. What do you mean? There are other people who don't know that what you told us about the rape, that it's the truth. Who? Well, Judith, for one. She said that? And Connor's statement? What, what about it? It's also inconsistent with yours. So he knows the version you told him, and then he finds out it's not what you told us. It makes it very hard for him to believe you, too. He said that he didn't believe me. Well, I don't, what, why, why, would he, why would he say that? And then there's the crime scene. I mean, we couldn't find any physical evidence there was anyone else in your apartment that night. But there was. Marie? 
I want to be really clear about something. We don't think you're a bad person. Absolutely not. And I also don't think this was some big thought out thing, but given the inconsistencies in your story and the lack of evidence, this is becoming a puzzle that is hard for us to piece together. Right, so I'm gonna tell you a version that does fit together, okay? A young woman, been through a ton of bad stuff, on her own for the first time, just broke up with her boyfriend, feeling isolated, lonely, uh, might, on the spur of the moment, come up with something without thinking it through that would get her the attention she needs. Because you haven't gotten enough attention in your life, I can see that. You haven't been cared for or protected, and that's not your fault. So, Marie, tell us. We need to know. It's our job. Is there really a rapist running around that we should be looking for? Marie? Marie, we can't leave her until you give us an answer. structural shape to this scene? Does it have a beginning, middle and an end? Is there a switch moment? Are our expectations undercut or does this scene have a shift where it moves in a different direction? Note the punchy out. We are on the edge of our seats and we feel very uncomfortable for the protagonist at the centre of this investigation. Remember, you're responsible for pace and momentum in your own writing. Always ask the question, is it moving the story forward? What is the point of the scene? If you can establish that when you're plotting or writing your scene breakdown, by the time you get to writing your script, it should be very clear what the scene is supposed to achieve. If you're getting stuck, go back to that original document and check, what is the point of this scene? What was I trying to achieve when I was plotting it? Don't write expositional dialogue. If it is important to convey some boring information to drive the plot, you have to find a way to express it in an innovative and original way. You're a writer. This is your job. Listen to how this scene from The Politician dramatizes a polygraph test. How does it get away from seeming too expositional? They were suspicious, so I agreed to a lie detector test, which I passed, which means it wasn't a lie. You were with me that night. But I don't understand. How did you pass a polygraph? A polygraph isn't a test. It's an interrogation tool, and the only role the polygraph plays is to intimidate. You can't record truth or deception. There is no such thing as a lying reaction. What a polygraph records is nervousness. And you didn't have anything to do with Astrid's disappearance. I knew that in my heart which meant I had nothing to be nervous about. But still, you were making statements that you knew were false. The machine had to have picked it up. In a polygraph exam, you're asked two types of questions. Relevant questions and controls. You live at 4353 Sycamore Drive. Yes. Besides what you've told me, have you ever lied to get out of trouble? No. Are you lying to protect Peyton Hobart? No. 
The key to passing a lie detector test is showing a reaction to the control questions. Are you a student at St. Sebastian High School? With a series of short, rapid breaths. Yes, when they asked a relevant question. Were you at Peyton Hobart on the night of Astra's disappearance? I pictured you and me on the limo ride down Pennsylvania Avenue toward the White House on the day of your first inaugural. Yes. Did you spend the night with him? Yes. He's telling the truth. Can't believe it. Believe what? That I'm a stone-cold bitch with ice water in my veins? Yes, exactly. I've missed you. I've missed you too. And I've never been more attracted to you. So you can see in that scene, they very cleverly used a flashback to tell the story of her polygraph test. And as she talks to Peyton, we find that she had a second agenda within that scene. So the expositional information is very cleverly dramatised in that scene. And most importantly, read your work aloud. Are there repeated words? Are there extra words you don't need? My pet hate are speeches that begin with, look, wait. Listen, I also hate the line, you're kidding, because it is wasted airtime. It doesn't move the scene forward. It just is a wasted line of dialogue. Your actors are talented individuals. Don't shortchange them with poorly written dialogue. I also believe well-written action is essential. Your script will be read by countless people, directors, producers, agents, actors. Yes, your dialogue is important and it should dance across the page, but elegantly written action is also important. Don't let your action let down your script. To conclude, let's listen to this scene from Bridgerton, which employs all of these essential elements we've discussed. We should go down to dinner. You're not hungry? Food is excellent here. I assure you, last time I visited... I do not want any dinner! I've spent the last three days wanting to be alone with you, wanting to talk to you, wanting to know. I understand that you do not wish to see me, that you would prefer to stay in your separate room and endure a wordless dinner together on our wedding night. That is not what I would prefer. Simon... You are mistaken. You have avoided my presence. In order to allow you your liberty. You've said all but a few words to me. In order to keep myself from saying the wrong things. You've barely been able to look me in the eye. Because I could not bear witness to the misery I have caused you. You did not. I am the one who trapped you into this marriage. I trapped you. I have spent the last three days in agony. Unable to talk to you, unable to be alone with you, because I knew you wanted nothing to do with me. And understandably so, after forcing you to make an unimaginable sacrifice, you wanted a life with children, a family. You wanted a life with a man you truly knew. You wanted a love match, and yet... And yet, this could not be any more different. Is that what you hoped to say? I shall join you for dinner momentarily. Everything I told the Queen was true. I cannot stop thinking of you. From the mornings you ease, to the evenings you quiet, to the dreams you inhabit. 
My thoughts of you never end. I am yours, Daphne. I have always been yours. I... I do not understand. I do not know how to be any more clear. Well, do you not get angry? I'm not angry. You I... look angry and bothered. Look at you, you're downright flushed. Yes, that is what happens. When one is angry. When one burns for someone who does not feel the same. You burn for me. Why do you think I followed you into that garden? Why do you think I went into that garden? If you would have only looked at me this week for longer than two seconds, you would have seen. It is you I cannot sacrifice. I burn for you. Script teasers, are you up for a challenge? Using the protagonist from your project, I want you to write a two-page audition scene for that character. Make sure your scene has a beginning, middle and an end and has at least one moment where we undercut the audience's expectations and a punchy out, a cliffhanger ending that makes us want to click next. Then swap it with another writer for feedback. Good luck, script teasers. I can't wait to see what you create. For feedback on your project, please book an assessment by heading to my website, screenwritingscriptees.com.au. See you then, scriptteasers.